Welcome to Decaf, Beacon Center's weekly podcast. Back with another. Mark, are you still drinking those energy drinks? And my peach lemonade ones, the healthier ones. Okay, the healthy ones. We'll take that. Well, um, I'm at the point with this pandemic and everything going on that I need a steady stream of caffeine at all times to keep me from not being a grump because my default position is grumpy and I got to like reel it in and have caffeine at all times. And every time I like look at the news, I get even grumpier. Yeah, Miss Sloan, my dog, uh, threw up all last night. So I'm about two hours of sleep. So there's going to be a lot of caffeine today to, to get me through this day. Well, while we're still early in the morning and grumpy, let's vent about some stuff, shall we? <laughs> so first thing we should talk about is Fox 17 has been doing this digging out series for the last few months talking about recovering the economy post-COVID. And one of the things that um, they talked about this week is there are medical professionals saying that the healthcare metrics that I guess it's the city is setting aren't achievable to justify reopening. It's kind of absurd. We, we've talked about this several times, so I don't want to dwell on it for a long time, but Mark has said multiple times that trusting the science is only the call to action when it's convenient for a political agenda. But when you have medical professionals saying that these healthcare metrics that have been set aren't achievable at all, we need to really consider reopening the economy. Like, like Governor Lee said, he never wants to shut down the economy again. We've got to get back in action and put some emphasis, honestly, on personal responsibility as opposed to these arbitrary metrics. You wonder where they get the metrics from? Because that's something I, I've always like been like, what, what medical professionals said, okay, 25% in restaurants, 50% in bars, eight percent like like who comes up with these numbers it sounds like somebody who kind of is like, i don't know like i don't know 20 percent let, let's just go like i just don't know where these even come from because it's it not a, a shot in the dark it's not, yeah it, it's not a scientific consensus i mean it's different in every city in america they're using different percentages different rules for bars and restaurants what 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 scientists are like you know what why don't you shut the bars at nine o'clock if it's 9 30 then more code is going to spread like where do these come from it's it's all I just don't understand where the metrics come from. And that's been one of the biggest issues with the Cooper administration in Nashville is that it, it's not, I mean, it's something he's covering things up with them. Like we don't know where any of these numbers are coming from. They keep changing them. Like even stuff they're releasing, they keep changing. So there's just like, there's either not transparency or they just don't know what they're doing and they can't get it together. I don't understand what's happening, but. Or a combination have, of the two. Yeah. Yeah. When you have metrics, it would make sense. There's like, okay, all the scientists got together. They said this thing. And this is kind of the, the metrics we'll use nationwide. Every city in America would use the same one. But like, we're just seeing these crazy things and these percentages. And I just don't know where they come from, but we're basically just trusting some random person who we don't really know who they are without any of the science or the, the data to back up why they're saying 25% or 30%. Well, and we're not going anywhere. So at the beginning of all of this, I, my take on it was if we can start opening businesses and some of these things that they're saying will give people peace of mind to go back out into the world, then like give them the peace of mind that they need. And then we can baby step back into a sense of normalcy because honestly, all of these people on Twitter saying this politician, that politician is the reason that COVID is spreading. I'm like, you, that's not science straight up. Like, like whether, whatever you like about Mayor Cooper or don't like, if he had opened up the economy, people would say Mayor Cooper's the reason that COVID is spreading but the fact is that a, a person can't control a sickness like that's just not how this works and so why don't we just open things back up because obviously like you said 
there, this is all arbitrary. This is all just a guessing game. 50%, whatever, doesn't make any sense. Six people at a table versus eight people at a table isn't going to spread COVID any quicker. There is no science. There is no logic behind this. And people are starting to speak out about it. And I'm like, more power to them. And also, like, um, a, a governor from California basically just said, like, oh, you have to put your mask up between bites of food, yeah. which is, like, which is, yeah, so you're supposed to bite, like, who's going to go out and eat at a restaurant if that's the rules? You might as well just shut it down, because nobody's going to do that, and, and again, that's the kind of idiocy of this whole thing, and when you just see another example of going the other way, just being so extreme, and anybody with common sense, like, well, this, this makes no sense. What, well, what, it doesn't what, really... It doesn't really inspire trust in our leaders when they're making these stupidest rules and stupidest decisions. And they're like, trust us, we're for you. And I'm like, you just told me to take a bite of food and then put my mask on. Like, I don't trust literally anything you say because it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And, and I'm not even saying that they're necessarily doing this on purpose. I'm not saying they're doing this to be, but like, I mean, they might have good intentions, but it's just this, these policies have just been awful and there's no consistency. Um, there's no transparency. And we don't know why the percentages are what they are. That's the end of my random. It's just dumb. And this is just another example. The, the percentages given to the, the hospitals just aren't even attainable. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. If you haven't seen the Digging Out series on Fox 17, definitely check it out. We've spoken on a few of them. They're doing a great job covering this and what it's going to take to get Nashville's economy back to normal. Um, if you're in a different part of the state and your local news outlets are doing the same thing, let us know because we love to, to see what people are saying about getting back to normal. Um, one thing that Mark has been doing to pass the quarantine blues is watching basketball, which he does honestly every season of his entire life. So I don't know why quarantine would be any different, but I think Mark might be the only person watching basketball. <laughs> uh, um, my joke on that one. What? <laughs> my joke on that was going to be the same exact joke. <laughs> this is the danger that Mark and I are very often on the same page with a lot of things. And I, and when I get to talk first, that means that I get to steal the jokes. So yeah, Mark, what is it like being the only person in America watching basketball? Yeah. I mean, and I'll be honest, I've even watched all the games. I mean, once the jazz were eliminated, I kind of had backed off a little bit. It, it is, it's crazy seeing um, these ratings for the NBA finals, which are the lowest in NBA history for three days in a row or for three games in a row, because there's nothing else to do. And they don't have the excuse that it's not prime time anymore. Cause it is, it's not, it's not, it's not 11 AM during the day. These are prime time games on ABC and ESPN and, and just nobody is watching them. And, and it's crazy. And there's a lot of reasons for it. And most people I keep seeing the outkick, the coverage guys keep saying it's the uh, go woke, go broke thing where, where they did this, they made this whole thing and, and people have just kind of tuned out. And I think, that's not all of it, but that, I think that's probably certainly part of it. And, and again, like it, it, it doesn't really affect me. I don't really care what athletes say or what coaches say. And I, I don't even, whether, and it's not even whether you, I agree or not, it doesn't matter. It's just, I, I don't want to see that. Yeah. I think that that's the whole point of it is everything has become so politicized. Everything has to be a political statement to the point of, I actually, last night, I have a favorite royal blogger, and she has started saying, I, I follow the royal family, I've talked about it on the podcast before, like religiously, I follow the royal family, and I have a favorite blogger who has been speaking out about politics so much, and she's, to me, entertainment, and I am so tired of my entertainment becoming luxury. I work in this, I live and breathe this, and she has the right to her opinions, of course, but 
when my entertainment also becomes a lecture, I just push off. I actually, I've said this to a lot of people. I don't follow politics unless I'm getting paid to follow it because that is like my job. And so when, when I am just trying to escape and read about what royals are wearing every week and their sartorial choices and I'm getting lectured about politics, man, I gotta, I gotta unfollow. And I think that that's what a lot of people are doing because basketball and football and athletics or fashion or whatever it is that you choose to follow is an escape until it's not. And yeah, the big explanation. The is, yeah. The, the, I think that the, on top of what you're saying, which is true, it's also that it, it's inconsistency, right? We, we've talked about the China thing before. It's that we, that the NBA just kind of lets that go. First NBA player to speak out against China, by the way, was jazz center Rudy Gobert, who also started the coronavirus thing. Uh, yeah, they made a big deal, and he was the first one to say wrong is wrong. Like, this is this is awful. So a jazz player is the first oh, one to speak yeah. out. But, yeah, I mean, and I don't think that accounts for every day. I think there's a, this is a weird time. It's hard to say that. And truthfully, I'm somebody who can, like, I can look past this. I'm like, whether I agree or not, I still really like watching basketball. This whole – maybe some of the stuff I don't necessarily agree with, I can mute it. But a lot of people don't want to, and that's, of course, their choice. And the NBA, which was the fastest-growing league in the world uh, as of the last couple of years – uh, might have to kind of rethink what their marketing platform is because every time that less people watch it, that means less um, advertisers give them money. And that means they have less money in the league. They can pay their guys less. Um, they can put less money in the community. So this will have an impact. The question is, I do think they'll readjust next year. I think they probably won't go so heavily on that. Um, China's their cash cow. So I don't think they're going to speak out against China, but they might go a little bit, uh, a little bit lighter on the kind of social justice stuff. Well, and I don't, I want to, make it very clear that I don't try on social media to create like a, like a wind tunnel where I'm only seeing things that I agree with. But when I'm doing something for an entertainment purpose, it was like when Meryl Streep got up to accept that award at the Golden Globes a few years ago and then gave a political lecture. When we're doing things for entertainment, please, for the sake of all things good and holy, don't turn it into a political thing because everything else is politicized. And I think that that's kind of the point of where we're getting at here is everyone's entitled to their opinions, but entertainment should be entertainment. That's and one I of the great things about having a free market system is like, no, you're not forced to watch it. You can turn exactly. it off. And, it, and when they see their ratings fall, I mean, that impacts their bottom line and how they approach these things. And recently, ESPN basically has, has kind of said, look, we don't want anybody talking about politics uh, because they have kind of gone a little bit far left. And some people are like, I don't want to watch it. So they have pulled back because they understood their bottom line was hurting. So I do think that there's an answer. And if you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. And that's great. I, I, I don't care enough to turn it off. I love basketball, but I understand everyone who does. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I only watch basketball because – I like to know current events, what's happening. I'd rather just look on Instagram and see who won than watch the game. And I used to watch all the finals games. So that's, that's like a really good point, Mark. I didn't even realize that I was doing that, but I, I have done that this year and I, ha I literally didn't even realize it. Interesting. That's yeah, there's a lot of casual fans that would watch the NBA finals that aren't tuning in. Yes. People like me who would just watch to watch. Mm -hmm. um, very interesting. Well, um, that is one thing that Mark and I agree on right now before we go into something that we don't agree on. Um, I, so this is not a very graceful transition, but I'm going to try to make it. I love slang. I love like urban dictionary words. I'm trying to get better at it because I don't have TikTok and I'm not hip with the youths or whatever. But like, I love slang. And in my mind, I'm using it like somewhat ironically, but like trying to like 
trying to like understand it. Like I had to have someone explain a few TikTok trends to me the other day because people kept saying them like to me and I didn't know what was going on. But recently I bought a skateboard and I think it's funny because I'm 29 and I'm very preppy and I'm just not like a, like I'm not like a skater girl, but I'm trying to be a skater girl. And I started using the word sick and Mark had a friend text him after hearing me use it on the podcast and say, is your friend using the word sick ironically? And he in like, not, not as much of his boss role, but his like big brother friend role to me, like the, the prodding kind of thing said, you got to quit using that word. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't say that. That's, that's an exaggeration. I did not say that. I said, why are you using that word? It's, I mean, I might've said embarrassing, but I didn't tell you to stop. I don't have it, but I just said, I don't know why you're doing that. And it, I, I I couldn't tell it was ironic. You said it so much. It can't be ironic at this point. She's just using it because she likes the word. Okay, I do like the word. When you say sick, it means like, oh, that's sick, bro. Like, it's not like, oh, man, you, you look like you're sick. I just want to be clear. It's like the, it's like the 25 years ago, 1990, Tony Hawk skateboarder. Those are the people who say that. Okay, yeah. well, listen. Ben, that's another good one. <laughs> I'm just trying to fit in around here. But also, it's not just that me. not the way to fit in. <laughs> just FYI, not the way. <laughs> Speaking of, like, things that are sweeping the country, um, something that's sweeping our office is the slang. This morning, Justin, our elder, the elder millennial in our office, he, he will not say he's a millennial, but I say he is use the word lit in reference to the Fox 17 article that we referenced earlier. He said that he was going to look for the fire emoji, which is like better, worse, can't tell. But yeah, yeah I think that, a little better. A little, you, think, you think an emoji usage is better than a slang usage? I don't, I don't know. I hear it in my head when I say it. Like, that could be that's fire. I mean, that could be a diff couple different things. It doesn't have to be lit. So yeah, I, I, I'll take the emoji. Okay. I, I would have thought that would be worse because I like the word lit. But I also, I will say that I am always the last person to get to the slang words. So, like, I didn't understand what fleek was until, like, nine months after fleek became cool. Um, I didn't understand what lit was until probably a year after it was introduced. Like, I don't, I'm just not with the youths. Like, I don't get it. That, that's a lot of people, though. What happens is by the time that, and the stupid, um, I, this is not a, a war, but they, everyone did the dab. Thing. And that was like, oh, yeah. it's like, like, you see all these kids at uh, like sports games and it's like, this hasn't been in for like three years. It, it always, basically it comes to people like you. And by the time you, it's not cool anymore for the people who did it. Like they're onto something else. You, it's just kind of like a, when you do it, that's when it's not cool anymore. I think that's a good way to think about it. <laughs> when the trend gets to me, everyone else just yeah. stop doing it. The moment that you say it, uh, that, that's when you know to move on. What are some other ones that I did that you hated? Oh, flossing. Uh, Remember that dance move from Fortnite? Yeah, well, that was like, wasn't that for like seven-year-old kids from like Fortnite? Yeah, but then I learned how to do it, and now I do it all the time. Oh, is it hard to do? It seems... You couldn't do it. You're not, a, you have two left feet. You're not a good dancer. You couldn't That might be true, but it still doesn't seem hard to do. Um, well, either way, uh, yeah, that's, that was never cool, though. That was, old, again. <laughs> This is like nine-year-old kids playing Fortnite. Like that's how is that cool? And no, is that cool? When you're taking like cool from seven-year-olds, I feel like you might have to reevaluate your life. It does make sense with everything I know about you, though. Thank you. I, hey, at least I have a brand. You know what I mean? At yeah, least. Oh consistent. yeah. Your own brand. I think consistency matters. Um, and I call Justin an elder because I don't want him to get mad at us, and I think he's a very young, vibrant man. So I am going to be. <laughs> 
<laughs> Justin literally just called called me out this morning and said, I notice every time that you make fun of me on the podcast. And the reason I do, just so everyone out there knows. You always blame me for everything you do. Is because I have to put Justin up in front of me to take the hits from Mark so that Mark doesn't make fun of me. I use Justin as like a human bullying shield. <laughs> Mark. I like how you think that's an excuse that you're sacrificing. You're like, oh no, because Mark's making fun of me. Like, you have to be the sacrifice. That's like somebody putting somebody else in front of a car because they don't want to get hit. <laughs> Very classy. Justin, I have your back. I only make. I, I won't. I won't do that ever. If I make fun of you, because I mean it, not because I'm trying to save myself. <laughs> this is my last podcast because I will not be working at Beacon next week. Yes, yes, it's not. This is not going well for you so far. This last segment's really taking a turn. <laughs> Oh gosh, we need to change the subject. And and good news of something that I did that's good that might help me keep my job after making fun of Justin. We are really excited. Um, I kind of like baby announced it last week, but this is like this is a big announcement. We are really excited to be launching a young professionals chapter in Knoxville. It's something that we've wanted to do for a while that I've definitely wanted to do since I started working here. Um, we have a really strong, really vibrant young professionals chapter in Nashville. 50 to 60 guests at each monthly event, which we're about to get started back at in-person monthly events instead of Zoom events. But it's a really fun opportunity every month for people to get together, hear a great speaker, have a couple cocktails, get to know other like-minded people. Because I think that, especially from what we talked about earlier, we can bring that into this conversation is everyone's politicized all the time. You might feel like you don't have a safe place to share your opinions, but this is a safe place to share any opinions. We've had people from all across the political spectrum come to these events just to hear about what we have to say. Yeah, maybe not any opinions. Like we don't really want like any pro-terrorism opinions or anything like that, but. Yeah, that's not cool. So like, so like traditional political opinions only, maybe we can like put that as a disclaimer. But um, we we're excited to have Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs as our speaker at our first event. Um, he was on an episode of Overcaffeinated. I think he's hilarious. He's gonna be talking about what it's like to lead a county through COVID. He's been really forthcoming on his Twitter account the whole time that we've been in this pandemic. And we're just really excited that he's gonna be joining us at um, Elkmont Brewery. I'm pretty sure is how, is, it's like brewery and eating house. Anyway, it looks amazing. For a few beers, talk about um, what it's like to lead lead during COVID. Um, next Tuesday, the 13th in Knoxville, email me, taylor at beacontn.org if you have any questions, but we're really excited. It's on our Facebook page. Um, Mark, Mark's not going to be able to be there, even though I know he like loves Knoxville. It's like one of your favorite places. I like it. And I, I love Glenn Jacobs. So yeah, I mean, it sounds like a great event. I wish I could go. I'm going to actually be on vacation next week in, in Vermont at that point. Um, but one of the cool things that, and Taylor, you've done a great job with that program and kind of building it out. But one of the things that we're trying to do at Beacon, and I think that over the past couple of years, we've noticed that just because we're in Nashville, we're in the state capital, sometimes we, we're a little bit too Nashville centric. So I mean, really over the past couple of years, we tried to make a real effort um, because we're a statewide think tank. We're not a Nashville think tank. And of course, we're in Nashville. So some of that stuff might, but we, we really want to make sure that we are, um, we're the think tank for everyone in the entire state, not just Nashville. And this is kind of part of our thing to physically try to, even though we represent Knoxville and Chattanooga and all these places in, in the legislature and through our policies, we want to physically be there a lot more often. So this is kind of one of the first things we're doing to try to make sure we're getting out to those places more often. And, and hopefully you guys can join us if you're in the Knoxville area. 
yeah, a, a city with a big state university. A lot of young professionals who graduate stay there, start their businesses there. We're excited to reach out to them and give them a place to go to have a couple drinks and hear about what free market policy really looks like in action. So if you're in Knoxville, join us next week on the 13th. We're really pumped about it. And if you're in Nashville and you haven't checked out our Young Professionals Society yet, shoot me an email, let me know, because we'd love to have you. Um, Mark, any final thoughts? Nope, I'm good. I can't wait for vacation. I will not be with you next week, so Taylor's going to have to maybe do it with Justin and just insult him the whole time, see how that goes. Yeah, I'm going to do a roast <laughs> of Justin next week. <laughs> just kidding, that's not going to happen. One day he's going to explode and have all these great roast jokes and just, and just make you cry. That's what's going to happen at some point, because he's holding in right now, but he's ready. He, I think he probably definitely is ready. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.